What's up guys, this is Taking the Field with Stevie Mack and on this episode we're going to preview week 4 in the PLL, we'll get the weekly picks in in a little bit, we'll also talk some player royale, I'll give you my week 4 lineup, looking to bounce back a bit in player royale this weekend, so again we'll get to that in just a second, I'll also give you my all-star ballot for the 2022 Premier Lacrosse League season, as that's coming up in just a few weeks, so I'll release my ballot here on this episode and we'll finish it all out as we always do getting your thoughts in the mix so to start out we'll talk some PLL player royale just to get things started like I said just a second ago looking to bounce back a bit this weekend had a tough week in week three dropped all the way from seventh to 25th in the rankings. so still in that top 25 still on the top part of that leaderboard but still want to try and have a bounce back week this week so I feel pretty good about my lineup some NLL players are back this week now that the NLL championship series is over so that obviously impacting the chaos maybe more so than just about anybody else in the PLL and those guys largely checking in in that tier three category so a lot of value there for some of those chaos guys such as Josh Byrne, Dane Smith, etc, etc. Uh, So my lineup for this week at attack, I'm going with Dylan Malloy as a tier two attackman. He's tied for third among attackmen in points with 11 and he's second in the PLL in assists uh, with six. In the midfield, I have Tom Schreiber as my tier one midfielder. Had a huge week in Player Royale a week ago. Uh, He's currently tied for second in the PLL in points with 13 while leading midfielders with those 13 points. He's also first in assists with eight. So just off the bat in my first two picks, I've got the top two guys in terms of assists in the PLL. Number three, uh... For my defenseman, I went with a tier three defenseman in Jesse Bernhardt. Jake Richard is actually the top tier three defender on this list, but I don't really like the matchup with the Archers offensive midfield with guys like Schreiber and, and, you know, the guys that they run out from that offensive midfield. Also potentially having Connor Fields back this weekend as well coming from the box just makes that matchup a little more scary. So I'm not really looking for a big game fantasy wise from my defense generally I I like to go with a tier two or tier three guy I've gone with Earhart though a couple times but going back towards that tier three value on defense so again not looking for a huge game from Jesse Bernhardt fantasy wise but just be productive enough to support some of the other guys that I have in my player royale lineup and his best week so far of the PLL player Royale season was he had 10 points uh, in week one. So hoping that he can possibly get back to that sort of form here in week four. At faceoff, I have Trevor Baptiste as my other tier one player at faceoff. He leads the PLL in faceoff percentage and leads faceoff specialists in points with five and has the second most ground balls of that position group. And now the Archer's best face-off option for their team is Justin Anasio at 48%, but has only played in one game so far as he's currently unable, unavailable uh, to travel. So we'll see if he is able to make it here this weekend. If not, it'll be uh, Labetti. So it, again, it'll be interesting to see how that matchup shakes out. Baptiste has, has essentially dominated for the most part his matchup so far this year and I would assume that whichever one it is that he's going up against for the archers this weekend he will have no problem there 
My goalie for this weekend, I have Nick Morocco as my other tier two option. Uh, he leads the PLL in saves with 43 while also going 50% for the year so far on saves. The Chrome have the number three scoring offense so far this year, but they're fifth in shots and sixth in shots on goal, averaging just about 23 shots on goal per game. And Morocco, again, saving about 50% of his shots so far, which would mean that if both these numbers hold true, if the 23 shots on goal and the 50% from Morocco both hold true in this game this weekend, you can expect him to go get you around 10, 11, 12, you know, 13-ish, excuse me, uh, saves uh, in this game. So again, some, some pretty solid value there from Nick Morocco as a tier two goalie. So that's my lineup again. It's Dylan Malloy, Tom Schreiber, Jesse Bernhardt, Trevor Baptiste, and Nick Morocco, the five that I'm going with this week. Now, my all-star ballot for this season is a, a pretty interesting one. Took me a little while because it, it's just such a deep group at every position that you can't necessarily go wrong with with many of these guys and you could make the case for many of these guys deserving to be in it but my all-star ballot for this year at attack I have Will Manny, Jeff Teat, and Dylan Malloy. Manny leads the PLL in points with 17 and goals with 13. Teat is second in points and Malloy is tied for third in points and second in assists as I talked about with my player Royale team. Second in assists is Malloy to only Tom Schreiber. In the midfield, I have Tom Schreiber along with Jules Henningberg and Asher Nolting. Schreiber tied for second in points with 13 with Jeff Teat, who was also one of my all-star selections. He's the leader in assists with those eight assists, while Henningberg is shooting 100% in shots on goal this year, according to the PLL website and had a big week one despite the Woods struggles against the Atlas in that game and uh, Asher Nolting has seven points in three games so far this season and looks like a really solid compliment to Lyle Thompson in that offense so those are my three midfielders on defense I have Mike Manley Michael Rexrode and Graham Hasek this trio has actually combined for 10 cause turnovers and 30 ground balls in three games so far this year so that's about three cause turnovers and 10 ground balls per game on average. And I just really like this group. I think especially a guy like Michael Rexrode doesn't get enough attention in that Atlas defense. When you talk about guys like Tucker Durkin being the leader of that defense, you talk about Cade Van Raphorst and what he can do. Now you're starting to see Kobe Smith really uh, establish himself within that defense as well. And then you talk about the depth that the Atlas have at defensive midfield with guys like Jake Richard, Danny Logan, who's probably one of the best short stick D mids in the league right now, and Peter Durth as well. But I think Rex Road is a guy that really goes unnoticed in that defense. So he's one of my three defensemen. LSM, I've got Michael Earhart. I said during the, the player Royale, a segment just a second ago that I've had him on my fantasy team a few times already this year. I think he's playing really well. He's second among LSMs and cause turnovers and ground balls. D mid, I have Danny Logan. He's got three points so far on the year, six ground balls and four cause turnovers. Trevor Baptiste is my faceoff. He leads the PLL in faceoff percentage, also adding five points 
for the year so far just has been absolutely dominating at the stripe going about 70% so far this year I'm sure he'll have another big weekend this weekend against the Archers to even more so cement his all-star status this year and then my goalie is Jack Kincannon he's tied for the league lead in save percentage at 62% did only play that first half in week one but still played really well I was on on pace excuse me for double digit saves in that one his 62 percent save percentage and 9.6 scores against average are both the best of his pro career so far so again that is my all-star ballot for this 2022 season on attack will manny jeff teat and dylan malloy in the midfield tom schreiber jules henningberg and asher nolting my defense is mike manley michael rexroad and graham hosick LSM's Michael Earhart, D-Mid, Danny Logan, Trevor Baptiste at faceoff, and Jack Kincannon is my goalie. Now getting to the picks for this week in PLL Week 4 action. The Redwoods 1-2, the Whipsnakes 3-0. At Stevie Mac Media is my Twitter handle. You can go and vote on each one of these matchups here in Week 4 as well as those should close about Friday afternoon heading into those first games on Friday night. And I do have a, a decent lead in this picks challenge so far through three weeks, eight and four is my record through the first three weeks. So the Redwoods again, one and two, Whipsnakes three and oh. My pick here is the Whipsnakes minus 185. The polls will also take the Whipsnakes. My bonus pick in this game is Miles Jones under two and a half points plus 135. He's currently shooting 24% for the year. He's facing the number two scoring defense in the Whipsnakes plus Kyle Burnlor's second in saves and tied for first in save percentage with Jack Kincannon at 62%. So again, I've got the Whip Snakes and Miles Jones under two and a half points. The Chaos 0-3 against the Water Dogs 0-3. My pick here is the Chaos minus 150. The Poles as well will take the Chaos. My bonus pick here is Mac O'Keefe under one and a half points at plus 150. I took him last week as my player prop for the chaos and he kind of disappointed me there a bit but I'm going to stick with him again this week I'm going to go over or excuse me under this time whereas last week I went over on one and a half points for O'Keefe he's averaging 2.33 points per game before some of these NLL guys come back here this weekend in week four for the chaos so I think that while that could take some of the pressure off Mac O'Keefe and, and he doesn't have to be sort of the focal point of the offense anymore with some of these NLL guys coming back, I think it's also going to result in him getting a few less touches per game than what he was getting the first three weeks. So I'm going to go under on one and a half points for him. The Cannons, 1-2 and two against the Chrome, 3-0. and oh. My pick here is obviously the Chrome at minus 185. The Poles also taking the Chrome as well. My bonus pick in this game is Brendan Nickturn, over 3.5 points at plus 105. He's second uh, in Chrome attackman in shooting percentage and also second in goals and assists among Chrome attack, averaging four points a game over his last two games. So again, I'm... I'm Banking on him continuing that run that he's on production-wise. Currently four points a game, as I said, over his last two. So I'm going to go over three and a half in this game. The Cannons defense obviously didn't look very good at all against the Archers offense a week ago. So I'm hoping that he continues his hot 
offensive play against a sort of struggling Cannons defense. And then the final game of the weekend, the Atlas and the Archers, both 2-1 and one coming into play this week. The pick for me here is the Atlas minus 120. The polls also taking the Atlas. And my bonus pick here is Tom Schreiber over 3.5 points at plus 100. He's had 7 points a week ago in that blowout win over the, the Cannons. He has 11 points overall in his last two games plus we could see Connor Fields back on an already lethal offense for the Archers which is currently number one in scoring offense so again I like Tom Schreiber to have another solid week again this weekend uh, even against a solid Atlas defense over three and a half points for him at plus 100 so coming up to round out the show here heading into week four in the PLL we'll get your thoughts in the mix coming up next on taking the field with Stevie Mack Welcome back. Taking the field with Stevie Mack. Second and final segment here leading into week four in PLL action. We'll get your thoughts here in the mix at Stevie Mac Media. Again, is my Twitter handle for all show related and PLL related content topics and discussions. That's where you can find the Twitter polls every week for each matchup of that weekend in PLL. You can also tweet me your thoughts heading into that week and recapping each week in the PLL as well and one regular that we always get here on the podcast is coach shrek he lights us up with a few comments here heading into that week four in pll he says the redwoods shooting percentage has been abysmal lately if the redwoods can shoot the ball over 30 percent get complimentary scoring and have td go over 50 percent at the stripe that will give them their best chance of beating the whip snakes friday night and i mean correct me if i'm wrong here but this really seems like a lot has to go right. I, I feel like if you had to sum up what Coach Shrek just said, basically in so many words, is that a lot has to go right this weekend for the Redwoods to be able to pull this game out against the Whipsnakes. I mean, you saw that a week ago with the Atlas and how their offense struggled because of guys like Jeff Teat not being able to get free and, and get looks on the cage against Burnlore, just taking two shots in that game. The offensive midfield hasn't been as supportive as you'd like to see them be with guys like Costabile, Romar, Dennis, uh, Brendan Curry, all shooting around 10% or below to start the year. So I think, again, that's kind of the same thing that you're seeing uh, heading into this weekend with the Redwoods facing the Whipsnakes is that a lot, as Coach Shrek kind of lays out here for us, a lot has to go right for them in order for them to, I think, even really have a chance in that game against the Whipsnakes. He says, how effective will the returning NLL players be uh, this weekend for the chaos with little to no time off to recoup for the PLL season? Yeah, that's going to be something that that kind of like he says, while they are back, while the chaos do have guys like Josh Byrne, Dane Smith, whoever else, uh, Tahoka Nanticoke back from the NLL championship series, while they do have those guys back and in the lineup, how effective are they going to be knowing that they only had, you know, two, three days to recover, then they're right back out there suiting up in practice for the chaos ahead of their game this weekend. So while they are back, and it's always a plus to have those guys back in your lineup and have that regular uh, offensive rotation going, how effective are they really going to be? Is there going to be any sort of lag in their game, or are they just going to come out absolutely firing? 
Uh, he says, Dylan Ward, if Dylan Ward plays, how much will that fuel the chaos offense who just a week ago got shut down by him in the NLL championship? Yeah, kind of on the same topic as getting those guys back for the chaos this weekend from the NLL championship series. Now the Water Dogs get their starting goalie back in Dylan Ward as well. So I think that'll be a big boost to their defense. I believe I talked about it on Monday's show, a big boost for their defense, having him back in the cage for a defense that hasn't played particularly well to start the year. So having him there might be sort of that piece that they were missing up until this point. So we'll see how much of an impact he has on this Water Dogs defense starting this weekend. Uh, he says, can JT Giles Harris go toe-to-toe with Lyle Thompson and keep him in check? That's going to be a very interesting matchup to watch if that is, in fact, how how they want to match up with Lyle Thompson. I would imagine so. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how a guy like JT Giles Harris plays that matchup, what kind of help he gets from his guys around him on that defense, and how effective Sean Scannoni can be in the cage stopping some of those shots if Lyle does and I shouldn't say if he does but when he's able to get some of those open looks he says secondly who from the Cannons midfield is going to step up and make a play face-off specialist Stephen Kelly has more goals this season than the Cannons first midfield yeah it's similar to the Atlas's offensive midfield where you'd like to see them be a little more consistent, a little more productive, maybe take a little bit of pressure off their attack and guys like Lyle Thompson. You know, you talk about the fact that Asher Nolting has come in and he's one of their more productive guys out of that midfield. Uh, it's similar to what I said going back to last season with the Chrome and how guys like Kevin Rogers and Jackson Morrill were two of their uh, more productive members of that offense. You need to give those guys a little bit of help so that it's not all reliant on them, especially when they're just trying to figure things out in this league, even though now it looks like they have. And I think similar to Asher Nolting has really found his role within this Cannons offense. But yeah, you'd definitely like to see the Cannons midfield be a little more productive, take some of that pressure off their attack when guys like Lyle Thompson, Drenner, whoever it may be. And he says that specialist Stephen Kelly has more goals this year than the Cannons midfield. Yeah, Kelly's been playing solid. He's he's done pretty well at the stripe. I think he's somewhere around 50% for the year. And and yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, played well, uh, being productive in transition on offense, getting that ground ball off the faceoff and then going downfield and knowing what to do with it. And then he says, if you are the Archers defensive coordinator, Tony Rash, uh, which defenseman do you assign to teat to the teat matchup and the other to the gray matchup? That is going to be an interesting again, kind of going back to the JT Giles Harris on Lyle Thompson thing. That'll be interesting to see how they play that, how they play those matchups uh, defensively. I would imagine a guy like Graham Hasek is going to be matched up on. Eric Law and kind of watching him when he tries to creep around the crease as he always does. That's something that the Whip Snakes defense did a really good job of a week ago against Eric Law was not giving him that open area around the crease to make that move from X. They kind of forced him back there and, and just kind of sit back there. And then again, I don't know how often you're going to hold guy a guy like Jeff Teat to two shots in a game. Probably not very often, I would imagine. Uh, so that was another thing that that worked against the Atlas's favor a week ago. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up there. But again, like I said, I think Hasek 
kind of being one of those anchors of the Archers defense, similar to on the other side of the field will be Tucker Durkin as the anchor of his defense with the Atlas. I would imagine he'll have the assignment of spying on Eric Law at X and not really giving him too much room to operate around that crease area in front of Adam Gittleman. So that'll do it for this episode of Taking the Field with Stevie Mack. Make sure to like, comment, and share on this post. You can also find the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, including Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher, just to name a few. Just search Taking the Field with Stevie Mack, and it all comes right there to you at your fingertips. But that'll do it for me. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you.